What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And today we're going to be doing a highly requested book review. We're going to be reviewing The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. We're very excited to discuss it with you guys. And just a couple quick announcements before we get into everything. I have some tour dates coming up and nothing makes me happier than at these shows on the road, seeing helpsters in the crowd, having you guys come up afterward. It is just, it is the best. So I am going to be headlining the Helium in Philly, March 25th through the 27th. I'm going to be headlining Spokane Comedy Club, April 8th through the 10th. That's my birthday weekend. It's going to be very fun. And I'm going to be headlining Tacoma Comedy Club, April 15th through the 17th. So there are other tour dates as well for the rest of the year posted at kelseycook.com. But those are the three big ones coming up. And um, they are doing it so safely. Like these clubs are doing an amazing job. I, I feel like I have been very careful during COVID times and I feel safe there. You know, like I'm not <laughs> not like out being an idiot walking around grocery stores without a mask like yeah come on down to the comedy show it's gonna be great like they right. they have made me feel very safe there they are you know checking temperatures at the door all of the shows are very limited seating limited capacity distanced um air filtration like mask required you name it they're doing it they're they're doing such a great job and so i would love to see helpsters at shows it's my favorite so go to kelseycook.com for tour dates and also we want to give a shout out to our amazing type a plus patreon helpsters you guys are the tits i mean we (laughs) 
those of you on Patreon, we just, we couldn't do the show without you. And yeah, literally could not. We couldn't. <laughs> and you type A plus helpsters are like, we're giving you extra hugs. So shout out to Chris, Brandon, Jonathan, Perry, Linda, Michael, and Milton. You guys are real superstars. We Thank appreciate you very, you much. very much. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. So for this episode, I thought it was very fitting to just get a little quotable buffet going on of Mm -hmm. some Eckhart Tolle quotes from the book. So I have seven and I'm just going to list them off real quick. They're going to be like rapid fire, baby. Get ready. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's so early in the morning and I I could use it. I love it. It's going to be better than coffee. I promise. Okay. There we go. Realize deeply that the present moment is all you have. Make the now the primary focus of your life. That basically just gives you an idea of like what the book is about. Sure. Here we go. Um, It is not uncommon for people to spend their whole life waiting to start living. This one is my favorite. Okay. What a caterpillar calls the end of the world, we call a butterfly. Mm. Let that sink in for a second. (laughs) Wow. At first I thought you were going to be like, that's fucking dumb. And then... You're catching me so early in the morning that it could be terribly dumb and I wouldn't even be able to tell you. Like, I just (laughs) am trying to let that wash over me. But isn't that fair? That one fascinates me because we as an outsider, we we know that a a caterpillar turns into a butterfly and we know that process. We're like, oh, they're about to do some really cool shit. But a caterpillar is like, holy fuck, I'm probably dying. My life is over. What is this before the transformation happens? So I thought that was like a very pleasant, welcomed mind fuck this morning for me. I like that. (laughs) It's true. Sometimes when you're at your darkest, you just, you don't know what's around the corner and it can be great. Yeah. Yes. Um, Your outer journey may contain a million steps. Your inner journey only has one, the step you are taking right now. You are awareness disguised as a person. There are no problems, only situations. When you're complaining, you're not accepting what is. There you go. That was the hot seven I pulled really quickly. (laughs) Wow. Munch on that for breakfast, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Monday. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to to get into this book. I think um, we've talked several times about the impact of COVID and quarantine on everybody's lives and just how it has forced a lot of people to be present because uh, living in the future or living in your upcoming plans has not been a thing that many people can do yeah. in the past year. So. Absolutely. So as you know, we're, we're going to be discussing The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. He's a best-selling author and renowned spiritual guide. Um, he provides readers with several methods for navigating the complex terrain of their inner lives and their relationships to the past, present, and future in this book. And just a little bit of a background, basically. So Eckhart Tolle um, used to live in a pretty pretty constant state of anxiety and depression um, up until about the age of 30 and had was experiencing suicidal thoughts and had been before. And basically he, he talks about how this, how this book was kind of birthed out of him. And he said that he was having an especially dark day and said to himself, like, I can't live with myself anymore. And, and he basically was able to observe how strange that thought was 
And basically, you know, if you, if I can't live with myself, that means there's two of me in here basically. And so for that moment basically said, okay, there's, there's the part of myself that is suffering. And there's the part of myself that is observing the suffering. And that kind of, it sounds like that kind of led him into what sounds kind of like an out of body experience in a way where yeah. he, he, he kind of realized, he kind of reached this type of, I guess, enlightenment, you know, mm-hmm. if you will. And he talks about how enlightenment is not like a supernatural thing that is unattainable for, for most of us. It's a, it's a thing that we can all achieve, but that moment kind of brought him to this new type of awareness to yeah. where he was looking at everything with a new lens. Like yeah. he was walking around his neighborhood, looking at birds, like you'd never seen them before, you know, stuff like that. So that's yeah. kind of this, this depths of depression, um, kind of detached. He was able to detach himself from, from that part of him. So that's, that's the background. And he said that this brought a lot of inner peace and bliss and yeah. people started kind of noticing that about him yeah. and saying, can you please like give me what you have? And he was like, right. yeah, I already have it. But, and then that's uh, kind yeah. of led him to teaching and, and then this book. So just right. for a little bit of background, I, um, I didn't know that. And I read this book, I think when I was a teenager, it's been a very long time. I think I read this before I went off to college or, you know, my first year of college. Um, so, you know, full disclosure, sometimes when we do a book review, like we have just read the whole book. Sometimes we read it a while ago, right? Sometimes it's a highly requested topic from you and we're just kind of bringing awareness to it, but yeah, it's kind of a a mix of everything in this one. Yeah. Um, so Kels, do you want to go ahead and start with the the first section? Yes. Yes. Um, so by focusing only on the present, and ignoring the past or future, you can greatly improve your life. We are always looking for ways to improve our life or enlighten, if you will, but we just don't know where to start or what steps to take. We always tend to live in the past or think too much about the future, but the present is the most important because nothing is occurring in the past or future. What we call the past is really a collection of once present moments that have passed. Likewise, the future is made up of present moments that have yet to arrive. There are no advantages to worrying about the future or dwelling in the past, but there are many to living in the now. If you manage to achieve that, you'll experience no major problems, just small ones that can be dealt with as they arise. For example, writing a research paper, uh, this might seem exhausting, but if you just solve one little problem after another, gathering the data, developing a structure, writing the first chapter, you'll accomplish it more easily. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I mean, I think we've talked about on the show many times that when you're experiencing anxiety, you're usually worrying about the past or the future, you know, and you have to kind of actively bring yourself to the present moment, whether it's with a grounding exercise or like right. observing, observing your thoughts and stuff like that. Not to, not to say that you can't be experiencing an immense amount of pain in the present, right. but I, I find that I'm more connected to this in the way of those like those thought loops and anxiety spirals and stuff. And it's like, okay, wait a minute in this moment, I'm all right. 
and right. it's manageable. And yeah, so I find, I think it's very helpful if you're just an anxious perfectionist <laughs> to try right. to live in the now as much as possible. Right. And Eckhart Tolle explains that a part of you needs pain to survive and it creates most of the pain you experience. Pain is nothing more than a self-created inner resistance to external things that you cannot change because you think so much about the past and the future, but can only live but can live only in the present. You have no means to change many things that you're unhappy about because pain will by then be such an important part of your life. You'll be afraid to let it go because doing so would then put your very identity at risk. We think pain comes from the external world, but most of the time it comes from within ourselves. When we are angry or hurt about something in the past, our pain clouds our minds, allowing us to act irrational. Good news. Since pain is usually self-created, you can still do something about it. How do you yeah. feel about that, Kels? Yeah, I um pain is one of those incredibly powerful things that I think we all, especially anger as well, anger and pain, I think can kind of go hand in hand. And I think we have a hard time knowing what to do with it. I think a lot of us have a really complicated relationship with pain and anger. And, um, I was just talking with somebody about this, how if we don't validate our own anger about something, if, if we don't find ways to feel safe in expressing that and, and in an appropriate way, then that's when pain and anger can be released, um, through behavior as opposed to, appropriate expressions. Right. Right. And so a lot of people will kind of like push pain and anger down, push pain and anger down, and then they will explode. And yeah, yeah, I think part of that is that people don't want to live in the present. Sometimes people will be experiencing something painful or something that makes them angry. And rather than dealing with it at that time, they push it down for a later date. Right. And don't want to live in the present and deal with it then. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think even though it can be tough to deal with things as it's happening, I do think it's much better than having it build up and trying to deal with 20 things that you're hurt about or angry about all at one time later. Absolutely. Even the sheer, uh, you know, effects it has on your physical being too, to hold that pain in and what that Mm -hmm. can do to your body and stuff. Um, I think this is a fascinating thing too, where whether, I mean, I've been this person, I've met people who really, who really hold on to their narrative and their story about something bad that happened or, or, you know, being a victim of something. And of course, Mm -hmm. like some things are absolutely horrible, but I, I've done this too, where it's, you know, for, for so long, I held on to this identity that like, like I'm a starving artist. And like, if I'm not in pain, if I'm not uncomfortable, I'm not going to make art. I'm not going to be good at anything, you know, like you, mm-hmm. you hold on to that narrative and that story for so long. And at some point I was like, I don't fucking want this anymore. I don't want this mm-hmm. story. Like I want to, I want to change the story. I want to change the script right. and realizing that, um, we have the mindfulness to observe that and make, make those changes I think is super powerful. Yeah. And I think there's, there's something to be said to, in terms of, kind of like either positive or even negative affirmations that what you are continuing 
because you're talking about people who really keep their narrative alive, right? right. Of, of a painful narrative or, um, or their struggle that if you continue to repeat it over and over and over, you are living in that energy of, of the past. And it's depending on what you believe, how much you feel like the universe is picking up on that shit, but that it could potentially keep like bringing that back into your life. And I remember um, John Heffron, who's a good friend, great comedian. I've worked with many times over the years. He has watched my act develop over the course of time. And um, it wasn't, maybe it was like a little over a year ago. He was watching me and I had jokes about being broke. And or something like that. And he was like, you have to stop saying that because mm-hmm. you're going to keep being like, you're keeping yourself there. Mm. You're keeping your life in that sort of, like you keep just saying over and over on on stage at night. Yeah. I'm broke. So blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you're just telling the world that you want to keep being broke. <laughs> like, oh, stop. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? And right. um and it was interesting too because I was almost writing. It's the joke about um, tearing pieces off, uh, tearing pieces of banana off with your teeth, and then like spitting them on right. your cereal because you don't want to get a knife dirty. And it's yeah, it's true though that for so many years I didn't have a dishwasher in my apartment, and I would try to cook meals using as few dishes as possible because I didn't want to w- wash a bunch of dishes by hand afterward, yeah. and sometimes those sort of habits still stick with me. Like I do have a dishwasher now, which I'm very grateful for. Um, But there were times even when I had gotten a dishwasher, I would still do that. But like, I think I was living in the past in a way and feeling like that was still this big part of my life. Like you're saying the starving artist thing, like I have to keep living in that struggle and make that part of my art that that I'm broke or something. And, and I don't feel that way that I do anymore. That was a joke that was more based, like, I don't know, a few years ago, but I, it, it doesn't serve me to keep saying something that is not my current, um, life situation. So yeah, just living in the present and being, I guess, being in alignment with what your life actually is right now. Yeah. Oh, I love that. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. 
I remember what I was going to say. It was, it's the, the quote that's attributed to a lot of different people out there. So I, I don't know the source of it, but something along the lines of, it's not your fault what happened to you, but it is your responsibility. And of course, I take that to mean our responsibility, you know, once we're adults to kind of look at that thing and analyze it and make any necessary adjustments if you can in order to, you know, for your best interests and right. also to like, you know, for other people as well, not to perpetuate any harm and stuff like that. But honestly, sometimes the present moment is so painful that these fucking mindset exercises aren't going to fucking work. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like you just need to numb out and try to get through that present moment. And I think that needs to be, you know, said too, that it's not right. all fucking rainbows and butterflies. Sometimes you just have to you have to do whatever you can to to get through the pain of whatever you're currently experiencing as well. Right, um, exactly. Yeah. Would you like <clears throat> to talk about the ego? Yes, yes. <laughs> the ego is a part of your mind that stops you from being happy. Ego, a part of your mind that controls your thoughts and behavior without you noticing. It leads you into situations of conflict with others and makes you unhappy with your current situation so that it can gain control over your behavior and thinking. <clears throat> the ego is a destructive part of the human mind. It wants to be the most important part and it knows no limits. So if you let it control you, it can ruin your happiness. Yes. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> the ego is like the part of you that says something like, you know, if this cake isn't perfect for Jenny's birthday party, then she's going to hate me and I'm going to have no friends and I'm going to be alone forever. You know, like if you let, sure. if you let that take over, you're going to be doing some really you're going to be spending your time in a lot of anxiety, doing a lot of stuff that you don't want to be doing out of that fear. Yeah. Um, the whole social me ego and social media are, whoo, buddy, BFFs. Like yeah. it's the whole compare and despair. I just think that is, has ego written all over it that where your ego, you can never give it enough. And mm -hmm. it's a quote I've talked about on here before about the desiderata where there will always be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at it just in terms of like social media numbers, there will always be people who have more followers than you and less followers than you. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, if you want a richer and almost painless life, almost painless is the key word. Yes. <laughs> Separate yourself from your mind and focus on your body. The ego is the main reason why you should separate yourself from your mind and focus on your body. Why? Because the mind is responsible for pain. Your body knows what is best for you. By listening to your body, you can realize what is important in your life. Nobody has ever found enlightenment while concentrating on the mind and ignoring the body. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this book is really all about how to live in a consistent state of like alert meditation, you know, like yeah. where you're, you're going through life and you're doing things, but you're also in this like kind of underlying meditative present state as much as possible. Right. Right. And um, my therapist is a somatic therapist. And so she deals so much with the mind body connection and just really emphasizes the importance of it is one it is not a separate like if you are struggling mentally you're going to feel it in your body and it is just very very important to be in touch with how you're feeling physically absolutely i love uh, there's um you know I, I think it's a relatively known tool out there where it's like 
when you're ma- a decision making tool, when you're when you're making a decision, instead of trying to think your way to the decision, of course, like make your pros and cons list and all that stuff. But ask, ask, tune into your body and see how your body is feeling about the decision. And a really right. good uh, uh, thing that you can do is, um, as far as like a jumping off point is think about something that you usually look forward to. Let's say that tomorrow I'm going to be, you know, going to, I don't know, a theme park or something, whatever, yeah. something that might actually I fucking hate theme parks. Let's just say, well, hate I, theme parks. I'm, going, I'm just, you know, the crowds and the lines. I like theme parks when it's just more, you know, not, not so crowded, but anyway, sure. let's say I'm going to my favorite restaurant tomorrow. I might check in with my body about what that feels like. Oh, you know, I'm really excited for that. That's going to be nice. How does my body feel? It feels lighter. It feels like tingly when thinking about it, whatever. Right. Right. Let's say <laughs> that instead I'm, I tell myself, okay, I have to go to the doctor tomorrow for a, a checkup. Mm, my body's not feeling that light tingly. Right. Sensation. It's a little more heavy, a little more dreadful. And then once you get your kind of, um, you know, that, that jumping off point of how your specific body responds to something that you look forward to and something you don't look forward to, right. then ask yourself about the decision you're considering. Do I want to take this job? What is, what does that feel like for me? And, and see right. what your body does, like which end of the spectrum it's kind of gearing you towards. But anyway, right. that's just something that I, I use my mind and my body when making decisions. So. Totally. Yeah. Um, observing the mind without judgment is the best way to separate from it and thus free yourself from pain. In order to separate from your mind, you must understand the power of the mind. Observe it. Through observing, you manage to create a gap in the flow of thinking. The other method is to observe your mind without judging. If you judge something, you're back to using your mind. Listen to that nagging voice, but just smile at it and accept that it exists. By doing so, you'll learn to notice your mind without having to follow it to wherever it's trying to lead you. Um, yeah, that's a big, if you guys use the Headspace app for meditation, that's a really big thing is um, a technique called noting where you, you're never trying to completely eradicate thoughts and feelings from coming into your experience as you're meditating, but you are supposed to note them. So as they come in, you just observe, you go, okay, that's a thought. And then, you know, kind of go back to your breathing. Oh, okay. And that's, that's a feeling. Uh, and that way you do kind of create that gap, which is something I struggle with. I, I really live in my head a lot. i I, you know, can have a hard time separating from that and getting space. And so that, yeah, that helps a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what I liked about, I remember what, what I liked about this book specifically is that um, Eckhart totally, you know, talks about how like, this is not new shit he's coming up with. This has been right. around since the beginning of time. So many spiritual teachers have been teaching this. And I, I appreciate when somebody can kind of encompass like all the religions of the world and say, look, these are all people that have been enlightened and they're all saying the same things. And so much that happens that, you know, humans get it, get it, get um, a hold of that particular, you know, religion or idea. And then a lot kind of is piled onto it. Rules, regulations, guidelines that can kind of take you out of this message. So I definitely appreciate that he, he kind of encompasses everyone. Um, And the, the one takeaway that I remember from this book, because it was obviously over a decade since I read it is the um trying not to put labels on anything 
like walking around and seeing trees and birds, but like taking that label away and just looking at it without that oh. that weird human label or knowledge that we've put mm-hmm. on it and be like, yeah, this is, I mean, I call this a bird, but what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's almost, that to me is like a way where you can basically walk around like you're high, but being stone cold sober <laughs> and just looking at everything with a new lens in that way. Yeah, really stripping um, it down. Yeah, so trying to lit, you know, exist in this state of permanent alertness while learning to separate your mind, you can also adapt another skill, active waiting. Active waiting when you're aware that something important or serious could happen at any moment. In such a state, all of your attention is focused on the now. While in this state, you also pay attention to your body because it has to be ready for anything to occur. The focus on the body is also crucial to living in the present. Yeah. See, that sounds like it could almost be stressful. <laughs> you know I'm, not, I mean? I'm not a super big fan of that part of it. Like, right. I, I, because that sounds like you're about to get like, on edge, <laughs> attacked by a bear or something, you know? Right. Like, just trying to watch this TV show. It's a kind of a lot. Right. But yeah. But I like, I mean, if you try to put it on a, in a positive way, like I like the idea that you can be open to something good happening. Like you never know when something mm-hmm. good is about to happen, but. Yeah. yeah. Or it's like, you know, if you're walking around your neighborhood and you just like pass somebody without thinking about them, you know what I mean? Like you just kind of, you're in your own little world, but being, right. being alert, you might look and, and smile or something. Right. I yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Living in the present can be hard for your partner, but it can also improve your relationship. The insight you gain by living in the present can be used to disrupt otherwise endless cycles, like debates that never reach a conclusion. Uh, The inner peace that being present brings enables you to hear your partner without judging. If you live in the present, then living with you can be very difficult for your partner. It can even become a new test of your relationship. In the long run, however, it can offer a great opportunity for positive change for both your partner and for your relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't agree more with this. And I feel like we touched on it in a recent episode about getting the love you want, mm-hmm. about just the importance of if you are in an argument, like pausing and having that perspective, really being in the present yeah, can make a big difference. Absolutely. And I think there's a happy medium between like remembering things that have happened in a relationship um, just for you to make a decision about if you want to stay in that relationship, like if there's patterns or something and being in, yeah. And then being in the moment, actually discussing the present moment and not bringing in a bunch of stuff from the past, unless it's maybe relevant to that decision of, am I staying or am I going or what, you know, whatever that might be. But I yeah. think that's kind of, you know, you have to kind of I don't, be ginger about all that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is, I think a lot of this book, it's like, I think it's very noble to strive to be living in the present all the time, mm-hmm. but there are some things or it's, I don't know that it's always advantageous to completely buy the book. Like you're saying, if you're in a fight with somebody and you keep having the same fight over and over, right? Or somebody continues to consistently hurt you in the same way, and you just are like, "Nope, I'm not. I'm that's in the past, so I'm not right. gonna think about that. I'm just gonna keep doing this on a fucking loop over and over." It's like, well, <laughs> who's that helping? Like, that's not yeah. good. So yeah, yeah, you know. so yeah. Knowing when to bring that in the the. Pre- 
present moment and also the past evidence that might help you make an informed decision about the situation that you're in. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And not all pain is avoidable. Surrendering to the present does not mean ignoring sad or hurtful feelings. So when experiencing something traumatic, sometimes it is best to just accept it. This may sound insensitive, but holding on to it can ruin your mentality and body. Things are as they are, and being sad is normal. By being present, you will be able to avoid most of the pain in your life, but not all of it. Furthermore, living in the present does not mean ignoring or suppressing pain. Instead, it provides you with the inner strength to accept such difficult and painful facts of life life. That's a tough one. It's definitely a tough one. It is a tough one. And I think it's, it's a good reminder. Obviously this podcast, we talk about so many things on the podcast, but we try, I think overall to be a a positive place and a, a motivating hour in somebody's week. But I do think in our society, we've started to look at pain or sadness as a failure or as something that you should not feel. Mm-hmm. That if you're feeling it, it means there's something wrong with you. And I do right. think it's just a good reminder to like, you will be sad sometimes. Yeah. You will feel pain sometimes. And taking care of yourself is crucial, but it's like just because you go on a run and meditate during a painful time doesn't mean that you're going to eradicate yes something super pain like it's okay you're you're human yeah and if you're in pain you're not weak you know what i mean yeah. i think there's like this weakness around like well you know why can't so and so get over it already you know right. every oh, God, everybody's yeah. healing is going to look so different you know depending on so many factors and um yeah it's it's part of accepting that suffering is part of this life that we're living, um, I think it can maybe take the, the power away a little bit, but you still have to go through it. You still have to feel those feelings and allow yourself to do that. Right. Surrendering, surrendering to the present does not mean living a passive life, which is, I guess what we were just talking about with like the relationship stuff. Um, and living in the present is an inner process of feeling and insight and doesn't entail you having to develop a passive external behavior. It provides you with new resources and new ways to solve problems. It's certainly true that living in the now can bring you new forms of strength and, determin- and determination because you don't waste your inner resources creating problems. In fact, you don't see problems. You see individual manageable situations that you can solve, which makes you more effective. By focusing on the present and keeping the past and future in their place, you are more able to see clearly whatever it is that's actually wrong at any given moment, and you also have the strength to change those things for the better. 
Um, so to sum up, do not focus on the past or the future. Live in the present and try to separate yourself from the overthinking mind. Following this method will reduce your suffering and improve your life. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. And, um, you know, Eckhart also talks about that, of course, like, you know, like we said, enlightenment is not superhuman. It's something that we can all, we can all achieve by being, you know, instead of doing and being can be felt, but not fully understood by like our human mind. Mm -hmm. So being is really just feeling your own presence and feeling at peace and whole, you know, in that moment. And I know for me, when I am present, I prioritize enjoyment and pleasure and, and connection and loved ones. And when I am not present, when I am thinking about uh, the past or future, I'm in that anxious state, I am not prioritizing what I care the most about. Right. I am doing weird tasks. I'm trying to keep myself busy. I'm kind of on autopilot. So I, I know for myself that trying to be present, it, it's helpful for me because I definitely do more of the things that I enjoy and I actively seek them out um, right. versus kind of, you know, being in this consistent like tornado of anxiety. Right. Seriously, everybody like go, go, go take a look outside and just take, remove the labels from everything. It is a fucking weird experience. It's <laughs> like, is this a tree or this is, this could be called a, we don't know. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Did you get high again before the podcast? Cause <laughs> So you don't even need to get high if you just... Uh, oh, my God. Just high on snails and leaves. <laughs> Put a snail on your boss's desk. That's not a snail. Who knows what it is? Yeah. Anyway, uh, how did you? how do you feel overall about this concept, Kels? Yeah. Um, I, I feel it very strongly, um, particularly, I think, right now in my life. Um, Sometimes I just think there are there are things that remind you that the present is is truly all you have, and mm-hmm. um, just the importance of of that. Do you have any segments of any kind or anything? I do I can I can good. share a thing? I want to um, share the iTunes review of the episode real quick too. Yes, this is from um, Tina Forever says, wonderful podcast, found this podcast, and it's just what I needed and wanted. All of you are genuine, funny, and relatable. Still making this content in this time is helping me feel a little less alone. Feels like I found my people, and that means a lot, so thank you. Oh, oh Tina. Thank thanks. You, Tina. Thank Tina. you for taking time. to. So lovely. Yeah, and I think, her, I think that they might be Tina Forver, but Tina Forever is also pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tina. <laughs> Either way, we see you. <laughs> Tina forever. <laughs> oh, well, thank oh, yes. you Tina, for, for leaving that. And as always, guys, if you haven't left a five-star rating and review yet on iTunes, you can do it from your phone right now if you've got your phone in front of you. It really helps keep us moving up the iTunes charts. It's how iTunes rates rates the podcast. Um, all those strange algorithms and helps people find the show and gives them that sense of community that, that they might be looking for as well. So we right. enjoy being visible for, for that reason. Right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say, I, I just found a new way of meditating. It's, there's an app called the tapping solution. And um, if you're somebody who struggles with meditating in terms of like you just have, you have a really hard time getting your brain to focus 
and not letting it wander like the whole time or whatever. I would I would recommend checking out this app. Um, we're not sponsored by them or anything. Uh, it's it incorporates repeating affirmations as the the voice in the app is saying. Like the voice in the app will say something, and then you repeat after it, and you tap on certain points of your body as you're oh, saying wow. it, and it's it really keeps you present in yeah. <laughs> speaking of being present keeps yeah. you very present in the 10 minutes of meditating and i just i feel like i'm getting m- more out of it than potentially regular meditation so oh wow and what's the app called again kels called the tapping solution the tapping solution i'm going to write that down that sounds fucking cool yeah yeah it's it's really cool neat um, I have a hot wreck. I feel like Kels, if you have not seen this, you are gonna have a field day with this documentary. It's called Fake Famous on HBO. Have you seen it? No. Oh, oh, Kelsey. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is insane. Okay. Okay. The the premise is they take three people who want to be like Instagram famous, and they do a study, and they take three different people. They buy them a shit ton of followers. They make it look like they're going on vacations and all this stuff. And they see what kind of free shit or money they can get out of it. It is fucking wild. Like I I knew, obviously, we all know to some degree that things on social media can be fake. They can be a facade. They can be an exaggeration. But I'm telling you like this, this documentary, they're like literally like breaking a toilet seat. Uh, Like they're taking a toilet seat and putting it on a wall. So it looks like the window of a fucking airplane that you are, that you are like on, on the way somewhere uh, extravagant and you are in your shitty apartment and it looks real when you take the photo um, renting out like sets that look like a private jet to take some photos and pretending that you're on your way in your private jet somewhere um, tagging yourself at like the four seasons but you're really in some guy's backyard it's so fascinating it is so so fascinating Whoa. they talk about how prevalent it is for people to buy buy social media followers buy fake engagement buy the bots like all that stuff and it's oh so interesting God. to see what happens with these different people and the the kind of impacts on their mental health as well because right. one person in particular really takes off really really takes off and okay. it was all built on a lies yeah know? and um i think it's so important to remember like we all have to look at social media and and try to remember not to take it at face value. Right. And especially if somebody looks like they have a lot of followers, take a step back from that and just ask yourself, okay, if if I couldn't see that number, am I do I like the content this person is putting out? Do I like this message? Do I, you know, just me as right. an individual, if they had zero followers, would I still be following or engaging? And and I just think it's so fascinating. Oh, I think you're going to be blown away by it. So I highly recommend. Ooh, okay. Fake Famous on HBO. Great. Uh, I'm ex- I'm very excited. Oh, oh, Kelsey, you have to text me right away. Oh, okay. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, okay. Yeah, anyway, that's my, that's my hot wreck. Sweet. Um, well, yes. I will check it out. Um, yeah. uh, thank you guys so much as always. Um, we love you. Uh, remember if you live in Philly, Tacoma or Spokane, Go to kelseycook.com, get some get some tickets. And if you want to be a part of my online makeup workshops, um, you can DM me your email address on my Instagram, which is at Kelsey Cook Comedy. Oh, also, I just realized I haven't 
because I wasn't here last week. Um, thank you all for watching my special on Epics. Yes! Thank you for the sweet messages. Um, yeah, uh, if you haven't yet, you can you can either um, get the Epics channel on your television. It's it, or you know, it's a streaming service, or you can watch my special on your phone. You can download the Epics app on your phone. And, um, it's like 99 cents for a month of subscription. And, nice. uh, yeah. So thank Kim you and I guys. Got it on Xfinity too. So if you have Xfinity, oh, you can get it on there as well. Great. It's called unprotected sets. Um, that's the name of the stand up series. Um, it's there's episodes and it's me and an, another comedian each doing a half hour special on, on the episode I'm on. And yeah, I would love if you guys went and watched it if you haven't yet. It's excellent. Go watch it. There's also interview aspects in between, mm -hmm. you know, the bits, which is really cool. Yeah. And I'm just so proud of you. And um, I Thank hope you. that you've taken a moment to celebrate in whatever way that you can right now. And I'm just, yeah, Thank I love you. you. And I'm I love you too. Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, and then, yeah, I just want to, I guess, the plug or, you know, send people over who might be interested. I just wrapped up the first season of Aficionado, which is my podcast. Hey, congratulations, for, Del. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, the for, um, podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs and artists who are interested in how to take a minimalist approach to business. And um, if you head over there, I would love to know what topics you might want me to cover in season two so you can go to delaneyfisher.com and submit it there. You can email me. Um, if you're on my email list, you can respond to my email updates and, mm -hmm. and leave a topic there. You can also leave a review, which I would be super grateful for. So we stay on the, the entrepreneur charts for season two. And I will definitely see your reviews there in some capacity as well. So just want to say thanks for tuning in. I hope, it's, um, hope you've been finding it helpful. And yeah, that's it. Love you guys. Yay. We love you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self-Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 